We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Yes, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. Alan is here, my guy. Hey, we're talking about the fight game. I'm hyped, bro. I'm very excited for this card. Super excited for this card. 261. Three top fights, a lot of love to the women. Mm-hmm. We're going to see a lot of world-class women in action. Shevchenko in particular, who's just the phenom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is a very interesting sporting event not just because of the fighting Mm -hmm. dude this is the first event on u.s soil that is going to be in front of a full capacity crowd because like i believe the texas rangers they had like four it wasn't full capacity though right no it wasn't full they had a lot of people though. they did yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but also it appears to be a lot of people when you've had no people in the crowd for so long too um, um, I, hear, I hear things in the 40,000 range, but then it's like, wait, we're talking about MLB here. Yeah. So this is an arena, you're right, because, you know, the Rangers play in an outdoor venue. How do you feel about that, man? Do you think it's too soon? It, where, where do you feel? I think it's too soon. I think it's very unsettling. But then again, who knows? Like, Flor- I feel like Florida is its own country. Like, yeah, it really Florida is. Florida really does not exist. And look, the UFC, they've kind of gone against the grain from the very beginning of like how they're running it and they really haven't had any major instance. Like I know Jacare, um, he had the COVID scare, but besides that, like have there any been any like high profile another camera call? Co- Cody Garbrandt had COVID and he was 
in an interview was saying how it really like disrupted him a little bit. No, I'm talking about like instance on fight week. Oh, like fight that's, week, yeah. Nah, just, like fighters have gotten like well, Wolnowski, like yeah. Volkanovski, yeah. sorry, I'm thinking about Woj. Um, <laughs> Volkanovski, he's had made like he's talking about you know how much blood he's lost and it's just it, a lot of complications health wise. So no, fighters have definitely been affected by. But I'm talking about like within the UFC's control because UFC can't control if a fighter gets COVID. So, You're talking about like when they check in yeah hotels, events, and, and I don't feel like there has been like yeah. any sort of like like near fight cancellations because of COVID. So they've been running things rather smoothly. I was talking with Jared because he went and fought in Abu Dhabi, and he was saying how he got tested like double digit times before he even stepped into the octagon. And he's fought twice. He's fought twice. Yeah. yeah. So. so it's um, and he also fought in Vegas too. Mm-hmm. But with this one, it's it's really fascinating because I do think it's a monumental event in this country, sporting wise. Yeah. You're right. UFC was the first one to come back. Remember, we're coming up on. A year next year is going to be a year of Gaethje Ferguson, Correct. which was the first event to come back. Also, but look, man, people want to go to live sports. People want to go back, and if you do it the right way, like I know Madison Square Garden, you got to get COVID tested within three days of tip off, seventy two mm-hmm. hours of tip off, right. and you have to present your negative result over there. And now with the vaccines being circulated mm-hmm. as well. I'm excited for it, man. I want to hear the crowd. I want to hear the roar of the crowd. I know a couple of weeks ago at the last pay-per-view, Stipe and Francis. Um, sorry for... Uh, <laughs> I, I expected it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw your tweet and I was like, damn, he's really... That was a good point where you yeah. said how usually you're very confident in yeah. Stipe fights, but France is just a different animal. Yeah. But in that event, they had... I know they had like a lot of celebrities there, but there were a lot more people than usual. I think there was like another 50 people in the Apex. Man, and you heard you heard some noise there. Yeah. So I'm excited to see that. Do you think the fighters that have fought without fans and now with fans are going to be affected at all? I think maybe like the younger fighters. I think it's more of an experience thing. But like, but you talk about like the more experienced fighters. Like they fought on the regional circuit when there's been like 20, 30 people in the mm. crowd. So like a guy like Masvidal, like he doesn't care if there's yeah, a crowd. Yeah, but I'm saying the idea of like a person like Usman who mm-hmm. fought in front of a crowd then no crowd and now in front of a crowd again do you think is there anything where you might not be able to hear your corner as easily as before that could you know that could be a thing mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to not hearing direction especially in that kind because it's pretty small arena right I know it's 15,000 still 15,000 but um, I, th- I think it's just because it's so narrow yeah like you look at some of these arenas they're massive I think this one's like kind of narrow so maybe it'll, they'll be affected by it but uh, you, you just trust some of these fighters, like you know, they're the best of best. Like, yeah, it might be hard to hear that corner advice, but they'll get, they'll figure out ways to adapt. If you had a chance, would you go to this event? No, really? Nah. You don't feel comfortable yet going out? I like going like restaurants and bars, but like yeah, it's it's got to be a certain amount of people. Like, I went to a wedding in October, super problematic, 150 people indoors, and I was like, yo, I thought it was gonna be only 50. Like, I'm not feeling this, so no, I would not go. A lot of people feel that way. Yeah. And I I think I would. I think I'd be down to go. Now, would you be in the crowd or in a press box? Because you have the option. I would see press box I would do. Option boys, baby. Yeah. Credentials, like, like, yeah, like, like <laughs> Exactly. Like, you know, press box I would do. Mm. If the option. Crowd, I, nah, I can't do crowd. That's a good point. That's a good point. I was thinking when I when I said that I would go, I was thinking in a crowd. Mm-hmm. Um 
You know, I recently we had WrestleMania a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and they had a good amount of people in there. And the way they spaced it out was they had cardboard cutouts right. in between seats. So, a lot of, yeah. so say if the row was, I don't know, just just say it was a 10, 10 seated row. Uh, seats one and two would be open for Alan and I. Then seats three, four, and five they'd be cardboard, and then seats six. They did something for a Super Bowl or no? I don't know if they did that for the I, Super I, Bowl. We seen cardboard cutouts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I know they did that for Mania because I had some friends that went down there. Uh-huh. But I, th- I think I would probably go. Uh-huh. But I would. You, I mean, you would have to to get into the arena. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, you know, you wear your mask still mm-hmm. and. But again, it's 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 weird because the guy is literally sitting right next to you. Yeah, that person. And it's like the moments where you want to stand up and cheer or just react. Mm. Like when we went October uh, November twenty nineteen. Like like if say COVID was going. Like do people expect us to sit down when Kevin Lee knocked out Gregor Gillespie? Like right. that's a moment where you're just going to be taken out of your seat. Yeah. Like just the fact that I assume there's going to be strict protocols where it's like you have to be you have to sit down pretty much always. Like, are you even be able to jump up if you see a crazy knockout? Like, it's just these. And are what about the times when you just randomly high five people? Like, you True, know, you're, yeah. you're all like, we're all with uh, Kevin Lee, for example, right? And then yeah. Kevin Lee wins, or like, say, you know, I love Valentina Shevchenko. Mm-hmm. I think she's tremendous. She's probably my favorite female fighter. Mm-hmm. But like, she throws a spinning head kick and knocks out right. Andrade, and it's like, yo, I just start high fiving the dude yeah. next to me. That you know. So, or if you see another like five round classic. Right, like you got the co-main. Like if you see that, like that's the type of fight. It's like you want to, you just want to go crazy with the person next to you. It's like, yo, we just saw twenty-five minutes of some legendary stuff. Yeah. So, oh, it's just it's so complicated. It's like you 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 have to understand restrictions, and you like don't know what to do, and you don't want to offend anybody. Then it's like, and it's like, damn, this is why it's like it's you just don't you want to enjoy sports, but then it's like you ne- can't naturally do it. How do you address people now? Like when you see people out on the street, do you shake their hand if you know them? No, like, I pretty much we still do the fist bump. Fist bump, yeah, which is cool. Yeah, I went to an event yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam Impy's Impy's girlfriend, she was mm-hmm. on the podcast. Mm-hmm. She directed this play. We went to to a play in Long Island City, and it was very exclusive. It was streamed online, and one of the it was three actors. One of the actors, I ran into him as we were in the hallway. I had just come out the bathroom. He was like, hey, man, did you enjoy the show? And I was like, dude, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. And, like, I put my hand out to, like, you know, dap him up. Yeah. And there was a slight, like, pause on his end. And then we ended up doing it anyway. But I do feel like that's the normal interaction now. People just don't know. All right. Because you just don't what you you don't know what people prefer. You don't want to cause any sort of right. you know, disruption. So it's just, I don't know, you just got to be a death ball. That's how I look at it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, over the weekend, Robert Whitaker impressive win of kelvin gastelum we have the 170 title that's going to be defended this weekend mazadal and usman we'll get to that in a little bit but i want to use that fight in particular as an example with what i'm going to say here robert whitaker a couple of years ago undisputed champ he fights out of sign gets knocked out in the second round he doesn't bitch and moan and say i wanted the immediate rematch mm-hmm. he goes in the back of the line fights his way back beats till beats cannoneer beats gastelum Rightfully so, he deserves the title shot now. No? Because right. he did it that way. As opposed to why I mentioned 170 is Covington wants an immediate rematch. I know he fought Woodley right. after that. But Masvidal hasn't fought since July. July. Yeah. Um, uh, Gilbert Burns was making a claim for it too. 
Well, Gilbert Burns because yeah. of the COVID thing and whatnot. But it's like no one. Leon doesn't want to fight. Also, mm-hmm. like it seems like one seventy was pretty stagnant. No one wanted to fight. But like Whitaker, man, should he be an example of what it should be like if you lose? How in that you way? approach? Yeah, because how long he was champion? Because when GSP beat Bisping twenty seventeen, then GSP retired, middleweight top became vacant. Did he become? Champion like the f- 2018 when he beat Romero. Romero the first Romero time. Romero beat Rockle. Yeah, yeah. Then he defended it against Romero the second mm-hmm. time, and then he lost out of Sanya. Right. So he so, had one title defense. Yeah. Win. He didn't have a long title reign, but I just think people respect Wicker so much because he's so durable and mm. he's just like a real complete fighter. Like he could really. There's no real flaw in his you know, repertoire. Like he is someone that just consistently brings it. Phenomenal striker. Very good grappler. And he's just in terms of like cardio wise as good as it gets and he's just someone like you know people love the name the bobby knuckles moniker like who doesn't love that so yeah he's just someone put your head down and just get back after and i think he's just someone that really embraces fighting like he's just mm. someone that really want to get like because he's had some pretty major losses in his life and he's also had health issues so i think he's someone just like let me just go back to proving myself and just beating one by one like because if you say you're the best to prove it. I know it sounds very cliche, but you know some fighters really just have to start embracing and get these five round fights in because it'll just help you ultimately because your title fights can be five rounds, mm. so that could help you cardio wise. And even though I feel like you really need it because when you fight Yoel Romero for fifty minutes, like you're as battle tested as it gets in my book. And the, for him to come back now and beat three contenders, well, phenomenal. Isn't it? Isn't it interesting that uh, people were saying how those wars with romero took years off whitaker's life sort of like in the fight game and how he was you know durability issues and Mm -hmm. whatnot it's like man i think and he's my favorite fighter in the ufc it's weird because my two favorite fighters in the ufc are rivals adesanya and and whitaker Mm -hmm. but with whitaker he had one bad round against adesanya everywhere else he's sort of dominated everybody Mm -hmm. and yeah, the Romero Whitaker two. A lot of people felt like R- Romero might have won, and mm-hmm. you know what? I won't lie to you. I do. Y- you could sell me on that. Yeah. But over the weekend was the first time where he kind of grabbed the mic. He's not a promo guy. Mm-hmm. He's very class act. Yeah. And he was like, "Hey, man, I think it's time we have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I deserve it now." And then you had Marvin Vittori coming off the win of Kevin Holland. He was supposed to fight there until mm-hmm. also. He still lives off the idea that he won that fight against Adesanya. Uh-huh. Super durable guy, the Italian yeah. stallion. What do you do with him? What do you do at 185? I would eventually like to see Vittori fight till when it could happen. I think that's a really good Styles matchup. I think it's a good, great test for both fighters. Look, Whitaker's proved himself at this point. Yeah, he didn't have much to prove, but the fact that he's won now three, it's just like, give it to him. Like, And you understand, MMA, in most cases... Fighters will lose. Fighters will get knocked out. Fighters will get finished. It's just the nature of the sport. Like, there's going to be times where they lose a close decision or they get caught. Like, it's just the sport's so unpredictable. Not- right. What what happened? What happened in combat sports? Because I blame Mayweather for this. Mayweather made being undefeated the be-all, end-all, where now if you have one loss, you're a bum. You've lost two times. You don't think it's more of a boxing thing? I know boxing and MMA kind of intertwined, but... I think people accept within MMA, like, fighters will lose. Yeah, you're right. I do think it's more of a boxing thing. But I also think, like, when you talk about, like, the GOAT, right? People are like, oh, it's Habib because he's never lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Jones has the one loss, even though he was yeah. up on the scorecards. I think he even had a 10-8 round. No, no the, the squad fight. 
Yeah, he got yeah. disqualified. Yeah. yeah, but he was like up. Like yeah, he was, yeah, he was it, dominating. He was dominating it. Um, my personal goat, I think, is GSP. Mm-hmm. Right, GSP. All his losses, he avenged. Mm-hmm. Which is like the ultimate thing in martial arts, right? Yeah. Like you lose to someone, you come back, you regroup, you regain plan, and then yeah. you beat them uh, the the other time. And it's just weird how I feel like in combat sports, like now McGregor is in there. There's a black eye in his career because he's lost three of his last four fights. Like he's also lost to top guys. He's yeah, not that's losing a, to that's, jobbers. What, that's what people forget about. It's like you know, how many, like, per division, you know, how many top class fighters there are. Like you're fighting these five round fights. Damage is gonna be taken, and who knows when you get finished? You just get clipped once. Who knows? Like the sport's just so unpredictable. Like that's why it's when you see someone at the top of their game for so long, like they have the sustained greatness. Like you just you have to admire a person. Like we, not to bring up Stipe, but Stipe's another one. Like like, like I understand why there's talk about Engano Jones, and there should that should be the fight. Don't get me wrong, but it's like we're gonna just write off Stipe now. Like this guy didn't break records and. You know, do things that no heavyweight's ever done before. So, I just think you have to look at guys like Steve Bay and Max Holloway and Robert Whitaker, and you know, just take more time to acknowledge them. You mentioned Ngannou, and I do feel like there is some merit to a Steve Bay rematch to do a trilogy, mm-hmm. right? Since it's one-one, but they're pushing obviously Jones and Francis, and rightfully so, the most, the scariest heavyweight, mm-hmm. and now the probably best mixed martial artist of all time and John Jones right. coming up and also like the namesake in John Jones yeah. is like a really popular name. And Jones hasn't fought and God took no damage so they kinda of want to strike when the iron's hot. Right. Yeah. Also Jones hasn't fought since last February. Right. February twenty twenty. Yeah. And I feel like he's been taking the time to bulk up and really get ready. He looks massive now, he bro. Does. I follow him on Instagram. He looks fucking yeah. huge. <laughs> um what do you what do you make of that? Do do you feel as if they'll be able to find an agreement? on a contract to sign for this matchup because there are reports that they want more money and John Jones wants more money fighting up. I've heard promising reports the past week, like all indications are pointing. Like they even like John Jones even said he's talked to Dana and like things are going in the right direction. I just think that the UFC brass has to understand like how much of a mega fight this is. Like, you know, of course you got Connor always, but like heavyweight division is such like an distinguished division just combat sports period like people just love heavyweights mm-hmm. and we get the best of the best it's like this could be huge and like you and i think they kind of see with the success that you know deontay wilder and tyson fury had it's like when you have like a real two mega stars heavyweight wise like these guys have been fighting at the top of the game there's a real aura behind both of them that's a thing like, Ngannou's must-watch, and John Jones must-watch. And now you get two of them together, and you get the appeal of Ngannou. Ngannou, you already know the appeal, but now you have Jones going in a new division. Like, there's just so many storylines to this. It's like, how can you not do this? Like, to me, it has to happen, especially the fact that, like, Steve Bay's going to be out for a while. Everyone loves Derek Lewis, but, like, that first fight was arguably, the, like, the worst fight. Recent memory, the worst high-profile fight I can recall. So, and it's just like, we've been wanting to see John Jones a heavyweight, and what better way to bring him in than to somebody that's just must-watch right now. Like, this guy is just ending people within one punch. Yeah. You know what just crossed my mind? A little off-topic, but why does boxing have 12 rounds for fighting? Because... I'm, I, no, no, no. I'm the, not the, sure. The reason why I ask yeah. that is because in the UFC, you have an odd number. Mm-hmm. So someone needs to win that fight. Right. Unless you have examples where like Allen scores a 10-8 on me, but then I win 10-9, 10-9, and then there's a draw there. Yeah. But 
I feel like with boxing, 12 rounds, like you could win six of them. I could win six of them. Right. So there's more. it's more likely to have a draw there. Yeah. I don't know if that's just them because, you know, traditional boxing mm. is they don't like going away from their old right. ways. So I think it's more of a traditional right. thing. Did you happen to watch the Ben Askren, Jake Paul thing? I did not. It was hysterical. The whole event was just out of control. It was basically a concert with fights. Mixing. I kind of wanted to see it because I am a fanboy of Frank Mir. I love Frank Mir. I kind of want to see how he did. Like the fact that, dude, he fought somebody, Steve Cunningham. I think he's 37 1. His only loss is to Tyson Fury. And Frank Mir, amateur, just took on a guy that's literally 37 1. That's great. <laughs> so I, I kind of wanted to see that, but nah. So, I, I, just, so I, get, I don't get the appeal. I was saying how Jake Paul was going to win that fight. Right. Dan Hardy did too, dude. Dan Hardy, he was like one of the only few MMA people. Was like, what? You, you don't understand? Like Ben Askren does not strike. And he doesn't. Like, yeah. yeah. When the fight got booked, they literally picked the one guy who has arguably the worst stand-up in MMA. Right. Like they had that fight, him and Damian Maya, and it's like who has worst striking? Like Damian Maya is actually hit yeah. some people. Yeah. So Ben Askren's forte is he's an All-American wrestler, mm-hmm. two-time Big Ten champion. Striking is not his thing. Yeah. And he fights Jake Paul, who like, yo, we need to eliminate the notion of him being a YouTuber and like he can't box. He can box a little bit. Yeah. Right? He has some power, too. He's also big. like He's flatline people. Like. Yeah, yeah. And look, I know he fought another YouTuber, an NBA guy, and then mm. a guy in MMA who has no stand-up at all. Right. But also, there's different, you know, I, I asked my jiu-jitsu coaches about this. Like, is there a difference in BJJ that we're doing and mm-hmm. MMA BJJ? And they're like, yeah, absolutely, because... In, in MMA, you get elbows and mm. knees and get punched while you're on the ground. Where in jiu-jitsu, I never worry about someone striking me or kicking me when I'm down. It's like, all right, I have enough time to fight the hands and I know no punch is going to come. Whereas like in boxing MMA and regular boxing, it's two different worlds. Right. And I think what you saw was Jake Paul's power and also that Ben Askren was just not... That was not his thing. I just think people can't look at it objectively because of how much they despise him. Like, like, they despise if, who? Of Paul. Oh, like, Jake Paul? Yeah like, yeah. like, if CM Punk did this, I think people would be all on board because Punk's such a great interview, humble guy, really took the time to, like, understand. I know it's a different sport. I'm in boxing. I'm just saying, like, you know, celebrity or Punk's case, a wrestler coming into a new sport and, you know, just how he went to a legit camp. He's got a huge following, big fan base, and he just carries himself well. Look, I'm not gonna judge Paul. I don't get the appeal, but the guy's talent. Like he's, I think he's trained with Masvidal for a little bit, and like you've seen the knockouts. Like yo, he could, he could go. It's just I don't think people could look at it objectively because it's like a the whole YouTuber stigma, b just who he is as a person. Mm. I just think if people looked at it more objectively, and if he fought maybe better competition. Yeah, it would be cool to see. It's just well know. now. What I think would be interesting is you give him a low, low end professional boxer, mm-hmm. maybe someone with like three, four losses, but like has some namesake to it. Yeah, I think they want to like continue trying to get just to get more interest, like get someone that has some notoriety. Yeah. yeah. Do you think people are afraid to take the fight with Jake Paul? No, you see that payday. I'm, yeah. I'm Ben Askren was leaving with his wife, and they're like all oh, happy go lucky. Dude, that was the biggest payday for Askren. That was the second biggest pay. I mentioned Frank Mir before. Frank Mir, base pay. When he fought Lesnar the second time, that's the only time he got paid more in his career. Like last night, or of course Sunday, was the second biggest payday of his career. And Frank Mir has fought several times for world titles. And he got paid more for that last night than any other fight except UFC 100 because the whole Brock Lesnar appeal. That's, that just goes to show you, like, MMA fighters are going to want to take it. Boxers, like, 
like they, people want to get paid mm. and what better way you're boxing get to hear snoop dog yell like i got it yo put that dude on red zone Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg on Red Zone. I don't know why people like. I still see people like hating on Snoop Dogg. I'm like, yo, he's entertaining. Like, like you gotta understand. Yeah, it's these fucking regular ass purists that want everything to be by the book. And you yeah, can't like you understand, this is entertainment. Like, bro, that was a that was that was a wrestling event yesterday. Yeah, that was sports entertainment. We right. were all sports entertained. Right. It's just I, I think if, if Paul was more likable, people enjoy it more. It just this people just absolutely despise him and he was a heel he's a real yeah. life heel yeah i think people just wish he was like a cooler heel but like he's just whatever he's the, the modern day youtuber i don't like i'm not gonna pretend like i know about this because i really do not follow him but i just I, based on things i've seen it's like yo they do huge numbers like mm-hmm. look at those paydays they're getting paid six figures yeah like askrin there's a reason why he had a big giant smile like because people are like, oh, why didn't you, like, because it's me, like, I looked at the white pictures, like, Askren looks ready to put on a cheese head and go to a Packers game. You don't look ready to fight. Yeah. And, you know, but look at that payday. Like, he's right, going, right, right. now he can go put money into his wrestling school. Like, that's it. Yeah. Would you get knocked out for half a million dollars? I would take the train camp seriously. I would really want to go for it. Yeah. I would, yeah, I would, I would, I would go for it. Yeah, it's weird, right? Like, getting knocked out is... But I think you have to love fighting. Like I genuinely enjoy love fighting. Like I love mm. training, so I would love to go do it. You know, and I would actually prefer boxing or MMA because I'm just not really into like I respect jujitsu, but I do not train. Like I would seriously worry about my limbs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, with boxing, also like Askren, I wonder how much that shot would have hurt if it was a four ounce gloves. That's a great point. But you know, I feel bad for Freddie Roach. I feel like Freddie Roach put a lot of time to train Asker, and then this will happen. Apparently, he was only there for like a week. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, I thought he, he trained take, a lot more. Nah, and he didn't like take it seriously that much. God, whatever. I like Ben Asker, but damn it. Like, <laughs> well, you know what would have been dope, right? If like you throw in a Dustin Poirier against him, where Teddy Atlas has said that he he's the only fighter in MMA that has tremendous boxing stand-up. The thing is, I don't like. I don't know how much flexibility they can have with Dana. Like Dana's gonna. Because thing is, like, when he allowed Connor to do his thing, it opened up everything. And mm. now it's like he... And also, it was kind of a joint venture, too, because yeah. Dana was at press conferences also. Right. Speaking of which, Connor and, and Poirier in July, that got announced. Yes, very exciting. I'm glad they're doing it right away. Yeah. Like, yeah just do it. People want to see it. Do yeah. it. Like, Yo, you know, I'm not the biggest Bellator fan, mm-hmm. but I love how Bellator gave us Romero and rumble coming up do it yeah that's like, it's that's, like yo don't don't try to fantasy book this isn't the this isn't wrestling where you can yeah. put, put stone cold and the rock on opposite you, sides you of book the king, it. Of, king of the ring and you can book it to be the final like no bro give us that shit now because it's fighting anything can happen and maybe someone throws like a heel hook on rumble and then mm-hmm. he taps out because scott coker i think is realizing from past mistakes he did the strike force heavyweight tournament and they were trying to build towards fade over us over him mm-hmm. those are the two big attractions back in Early 2010, 2011, they wanted those two. And Fedor got shockingly beat up by uh, Bigfoot Silva, and then it just didn't happen. So I think just realizing, like, don't wait on it. That's why, like, don't wait on Ngannou Jones. Don't give Jones a tune-up fight because this fight game's cruel, yeah, man. You he, lose on opportunities. Ferguson, he, I, I saw a quote, he still wants to fight Khabib. That, that's, I'm sorry, that's not happening. You lost that chance. Khabib's not coming back for anyone, let alone you. Like, it sucks, but... So when the opportunity is there, you got to take it. That's it. Do you think fighters should be patient? Like a guy like Tony, should he have taken that fight with Gaethje or should he have just waited it out? Probably should have waited it out. 
especially when you look at how it's played out since. Yeah. I think the Gaethje fight for Ferguson. I was when I talk about sorry, when, I mean like when it comes to I'm t- I'm talking about from a promoter standpoint when it comes to taking the opportunity. Like when you have a fight that you can make, do it. Fighters is a different story. I'm talking about promoters. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. Without when it, a doubt. When it comes to fighters, uh, you gotta look at the situation. What? Oh, sorry. The situation. What it is individually? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause, I think I would wait, man. If I'm a guy like Tony, right? If mm-hmm. I'm a young guy, you're probably younger and you you feel a little bit more invincible. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yo, I'll just fight the next guy up. But if you're a guy like Ferguson who is 36. It's just some fighters have that mentality. It's like, just get me in there. Like they, they that's don't, true. yeah, that's they, true, they yeah. just want to go. Yeah, all fighters, not all fighters think the same. What do you think of this? Uh, the trilogy between Poirier and Connor? Oh, it's gonna be. I'm just. I want to see. Seems to be more animosity now with the whole. Oh, of course. The Five Foundation stuff. Apparently, Connor didn't donate, and it was funny. How Connor was like, yo, my donation was you fighting me because yeah. you made all this money. Too. Look, when Connor loses, there's always gonna be animosity. Like Connor's I know everyone likes to think Connor's like this great loser. And look, he, he handles press conferences as well, but afterwards you see his quotes after the Diaz loss, after Khabib lost, but there's a now a common trend. Like he doesn't really take losing all that well. Mm. He He takes it well in the moment. Yeah, and but then but then give him Twitter, he's ready to go. He'll talk about Nate Cardio, Khabib. Oh, you took me down. Yeah, like, my foot you was broken. Yeah, yeah, and now with Dustin, um, what was he really even said? Well, like, he said the the big defense that he's going on is that they were gonna fight Pacquiao, so he went in there with a heavy uh, boxing approach, and he he took a couple of kicks, but like check him then, like come yeah. on, Connor, you're a martial artist, so yeah. um, there's no surprise, no animosity. I just if, if personally hope it for. I want to see it go more. Like, I was really against that fight. Like, you know, it was some fights where you're just like, damn, it kind of ended a little too early. It was a great knockout, but damn, I wanted to see them go more. I want to see them go third, fourth. I really want to see Connor. Championship, main event round. Yeah, I want to see that. What, what is endurance going to be like? Because we know, once du- I saw a battle tester. I think Dustin Poirier is the epitome of battle tester. You know, he's ready to go five rounds or whatever. So I hope we could see more of it because, so you don't want about Connor, but he looked really good in that first run. And you know what Connor he won fight. that round. Yeah. And you know what Connor. Every fight he's in, it's going to be action-packed. Unless he's going against a wrestler that's controlling him. You know Poirier's not going to shoot for takedowns, really. Um, he might mix it. Because didn't he try the first round? They were briefly on the ground? Yeah. Okay. Damn, this happened in January. I feel like it just happened. I, I why, How am I forgetting about it? But uh, like, Poirier's a smart fighter. But at the same time, you know this fight primarily is going to be take place on the feet. So, I just personal wish, i like to see it go longer. Just because I think both, when it comes to striking, they're as fun as it gets. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I would like to see it. I feel like it'd be a nice cap on the fight, right? Because if you think about it, that's sort of how DC and Stipe played out. And went all five rounds of DC, first round finished the first time. Stipe, f- fourth third, round. Fourth round yeah. finished the, the second time. And then it was a five round classic yeah. in the, not classic, but it was, it was, it a was five good. round yeah, slugfest. Because yeah. um, the first fight, Connor won within three minutes. Second fight, Poirier won the second round. So, mm. like, it would be cool to that way to cap it off. It's just crazy how we went from 2014 to now they're fighting twice in the same year. And the fact that Connor's coming back so soon, we, don't, we haven't talked about that, but like, you know, McGurk usually takes time off. He's going right back to it. Well, I think there's also public pressure too. And also, that's, oh, yeah. that's the first time he's been knocked out also. Yeah. Um, at least in the UFC, because his losses, he's been submitted yes. to Nate 
He submitted to Khabib. Khabib, and then yeah. he got knocked out by Poirier. Right. Which, by the way, look at who we just mentioned that he's lost to. He's fought the best. Yeah. Like, there's a reason why he's at the highest of levels. Like, yeah. yeah. So, no, I, like, I don't think he's the climbing thing. It's just you got caught, and you're talking about 155. This is the premier division MMA. Like, there is just so many phenomenal fighters at the division. Like, these guys, they're fighting. We, we talked about this after the fight. They're fighting two, three times a year. I think Connor's realizing I need to fight more. I need to be more active because right now I'm falling a little bit behind. Like these guys are consistently going at it. And uh, I don't know what your opinion is on ring rust, but I do think it's someone exists. All right. Before we start diving into 261, a lot of interesting fights on this one. Mm. Like I mentioned before, I'm super excited for this. Uh, members of the Patreon, big ups to Nick Chavez, Christopher Velasquez, Daniel Gibson, Derek Platies, Devin Rondon, Jake Powers. Corey Johnson Hoops, Ryan Pisner, thank you for your monthly contributions to the Patreon. And for everyone else that wants to support the show, you could have heard this episode early. If you are a member of the Patreon, it's patreon.com slash veterans minimum. And be on the lookout for a giveaway for the month of April. Okay, Alan, if I haven't said it enough, let me say it one more time. Mm -hmm. I'm super duper pumped for this card. We have three title fights. Yo, big ups to the women. Because yes. I'm more excited for the women fights than I am for the main event. I think it'll be more competitive. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that's a hot take either. No, <laughs> for sure. For yeah. sure. And if you look at the odds also, that's that's what it says. But let's start off with my girl, Valentina Shevchenko. She's fighting Jessica Andrade, who is coming up to 125. She fought Kaylin Trukagian. Is this the most believable opponent for Valentina? Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you. Jessica Andrade. <sighs> We want to talk about power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this is someone that is a legitimate threat. Like some, like when it comes to just you know going forward, throwing wild combinations. Like I think this is a fight where you're gonna see Shevchenko get tested, and that's exciting because you know when it comes to like truly elite women fighters, they don't get tested to the extent they should. That's why I think Amanda Nunes when she fought Holly Holm a couple years ago was exciting because like okay, I know Holly's not knockout artist and her fights are a bit lackluster. But no one's going to question her, you know, talent-wise. Like, she's a tactician, and she's hard to beat. And you just saw how fired up Man Nunez is. And boom, three minutes in, yeah. knocked out. So I'm, I'm interested to see how much Shevchenko gets tested because I feel like her past few fights have been, you know, pretty straightforward. Valentina has been so dominant at 125. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have said that the division was made just for her. <laughs> and... She is, if you look at the betting odds historically, she's the biggest favorite at champion of any champion the UFC has ever had. Clint Nunes? Based on what the gap between her and her opponent okay. consistently, yeah, it's Valentina. Wow, I thought some of Amanda's opponents it would have been kind of lopsided. The most recent one was. Yeah. But besides that, you're looking at like minus 1,200, minus 1,500 oh, okay. when she fought the Jennifer Maya yeah. a couple of, couple of months ago. Sure. Valentina, that is. And I think with Valentina, what you see is she is so dominant that when just uh, Jennifer Maya took her down and like mm -hmm. won that second round, I was like, yo, what the hell? It was mm -hmm. such a shock. And then what'd she do? She ended up dominating the rest of the fight. Yeah. So this is very intriguing, man. This is a very intriguing for the flyweights. And Andrade, former title winner. Um, obviously at 115, but I'm very fascinated about this one. I do think ultimately Valentina is just way too good, mm -hmm. but this is the one fight that Valentina's had in recent memory that I can actually see her losing. 
Andrade does have a tendency of fading. Right. Yeah. So if she could weather that first storm, which yeah. You know what I like when everyone always talks about that? It's like, yeah, you know who else knows that? The other fighter. <laughs> so I'm sure that she'll be prepared. Like, yeah, they've had eight to ten weeks to prepare or whatever. Yeah. I want to mention one guy, Patrick Sabatini. Mm-hmm. He's making his debut. He was a former champion of the CFFC. CFFC is the promotion that our buddy Jared fought at. Paul Felder's been from there. Anthony Smith, who's on this card too, was a, mm-hmm. was a champion over at uh, CFFC. And they're on ESPN plus they're on fight pass as well so he's making his debut um i want to go back to the title fights though it just it just popped up here wait, wait we're not going to talk about though the the two main card non-title fights yeah okay um all right let's talk because i know aren't you a big anthony smith fan i like anthony smith okay. yeah he's you know what it is man there's a lot of fighters that i feel like can never be a champion He's won them, but he's so beloved. Like Yeah, and he's like dope. I yeah. like seeing him fight. Yeah. He's tough as hell, too. That's right. a sheriff fight, man. Right. Too, also got announced, too, in September. Yeah, Teixeira man, that's the old man of old man title fights. Yeah. It's cool, though. Jan They're two versus, fun-loving guys. Yeah, like, Jan yeah. versus Teixeira yeah. also. Yeah. I don't know much about um, Anthony Smith's opponent. Jimmy Crute. Yeah. So he is a big prospect from, I believe, Australia. Oh, here we go. Yes. Um, And he fought back in October, and he won. Um, he is twelve and one, okay. and he's won. They need new life in that lightweight, yeah, divi- light heavyweight division. He's four and one in the two hundred five division. Uh-huh. And look, Anthony Smith. He fought his last opponent was, um, I think it was Devin Clark that he fought. Anthony wasn't Smith. pretty gruesome. Yeah, it was a dominating yeah. win. Yeah. That was a win where the UFC seems to do this a lot, where they throw um. They throw guys that they like a bone yeah. to like recover because he was on a two fight losing streak. He lost to Teixeira, then he lost to Rockage, mm-hmm. who's another guy that I think is really interesting mm-hmm. in that division too. And then he beats Devin Clark with a triangle choke. Yeah. So this one is, I want to say prospect versus contender because you know Anthony Smith is thirty two, the other guy is twenty six. Mm-hmm. Are you excited for this one, or is it because it's an unknown? You're not that sure. Uh, no, I just wasn't sure, but now I'm interested because I just feel like that light heavyweight division they need desperately needs new blood. I'm waiting to see the contenders emerge. Because I, it, that division's it's in a tough spot right now. You basically needed your 185 guy to come up, yeah, out of Sonya to make it compelling. Like, it just, I just feel like it's never like once Gustafson retired, and then well, I know he came back, but like once Gustafson faded, and then Cormier was going to heavyweight, and then Jones was really fine. Like I just, it's really lost its appeal over the past few years. Like it's just there isn't a lot there that is gonna like capture your attention. It's like oh, this is must see. It's just more divisions like. All right, let's see what happens here. I'll, I guess it's a cool story, but that's about it. But but we got to give shots to, come on, New Yorkers. We well, got the other fights, New York to the maximum here. Yeah, Uriah Hall and Chris Weidman. Dude, Uriah Hall's been in the UFC since 2013. Yeah, he was on Team Shell Sonnen, Ultimate yeah. Fighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he started his UFC campaign with two losses, then he rattled off three in a row. Then Not that Musasi. Not many people could claim that. Yeah, knocked out Flying Musashi. need F- Gayor Musasi. And then Musasi came back and beat him yeah. later on. I'm on the Wikipedia right now. Right. But how do you feel about this one, man? Do you think any of these guys can make a run back at the title? I don't or? think they can make a run, but they, I think they fought years ago. I think Ring of Compat and Weidman beat him. Ryholz always struggled against wrestlers, so that's why I'm concerned about this fight. Even though Weidman is not moving like he once did, like... He takes wow, 11 a, years ago. Yeah, he's taken a lot of punishment, Chris. Why you want to talk about fire that's been brutally knocked out several times? Like, uh, I think 
Hall definitely has a huge advantage on the feet, but I'm not sure if he's going to be able to escape Wyman's pressure. Wyman's still somebody, if he gets a hold of you, he can ragdoll you. And I think that'll probably be the case here. But I, I still dig the fight. I know Wyman completely fell off the rails, and Ryan Hall, is, you never know what to expect from him. But you know, And I don't think this is the New Yorker. I, mean, I just think both guys, you know, one's a former champion, the other one has a highlight reel that I think a lot of fighters would love to have someday. You know, it's, it's a cool fight. This fight might be the one that I think is the biggest toss-up on the card, personally, and it's Wei Lee and Rose. Yes. Man, I didn't know how good Wei Lee was until the Joanna fight. I was there for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, she hasn't fought since. No surprise. Do you want to talk about a fight that you need to take six to nine months off of? I know with her it's going to be over a year, but after a fight like that, there's no way you could come back that quick. Wei Lee is a tough to, and powerful too for that division oh when she yeah. starts Andrade, that was like whoa uh rose though is i think in the mount rushmore of fan favorites in the women's mm-hmm. division and look she is another person that had to come back and and fight and earn her way back into a um title situation right and she was very like you know, she beats Joanna the first time with a knockout. Doug Rose, mm-hmm. Doug Rose, right? Also in New York. Mm-hmm. And then she defends it again in New York against Joanna. Then she loses it via the slam to Andrade. But she dominated that first round in Brazil, too, where yeah. a lot of fighters don't like going to fight no. in Brazil. And Most hostile get, environment. Yeah, she gets slammed on her neck. And then she misses about a year and a couple of months, I think. Um, yeah, that was May of 2019 was the slam. And then she beats Andrade in split at 251. And now she's fighting Wei Li. How do you how do you feel about this one, man? It's a real toss up because like you will watch that Yana fight. Like Wei Li, just very fluid on the feet. Because I feel like it, not to put down the women's division, but a lot of them aren't that great striking wise. Mm. They're much more grapplers, you know, submission just, artists. Yeah. Like Wei Li's a true striker, and to do that against Yana, you have to just commend her. Well, Rose isn't the most dynamic striker, but she's still someone that has some power. And, you know, we know about her abilities on the ground. It's a bit of a styles clash, but I just feel like with Rose, she's very unpredictable. Like, you never know when she could start somebody. Like, she does have power. Like, look, her husband was a great striker, Pat Barry. So, uh, it, it's definitely a fun styles clash. I think it's two of the you know, best in the division. But, man, Whale, I don't know. Something about Whaley just scares. Like, just the, not just her power, but her pace, too. Mm. The pace she puts on her opponents. And also, you got to give her credit, her durability. She took shots in that fight. So, yeah, as I've gotten older, I used to say that the one thing that I would want if I was an MMA fighter was to be really good in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Dude, now my number one priority if I was a fighter would be cardio. Absolutely. Because if you could push the pace on someone, you could win. Dude, like when I do jujitsu, like, I I end up submitting and getting, you know, advances and passes and reversals and shit. A lot of the times just because my cardio is really good. And you could just break people's wills and spirits that exactly. way. Exactly. Yeah. And when you could push a pace like that, like, yo, that's what's made the Diaz brothers so good mm-hmm. all these years. It's like Robbie Lawler famously said, I couldn't believe how he was just walking me down constantly. Yeah. You know, his first fight just yeah. And also takes like fight IQ as well. Like you also, I know I pace yourself. Like one thing great with the DS bar is like that's a skill. That's like you have to mentally you also have to be. Of course, yeah, Yeah, man. You have to know when you're comfortable, right? Like when I first started doing jujitsu, and someone took my back, I would panic. But Mm -hmm. it's like, all right, he could have, he could literally have 
his arm underneath my neck mm-hmm. and I could be fine. Mm-hmm. Right? As long as you're fighting the hands, yeah. moving the top hand over, it's like, yo, you're good. You realize that you're comfortable in certain situations and mm-hmm. you could preserve your gas tank and you could explode. It's the same thing with like striking too. Right. You know when someone's too far. Like if Alan is as far as you are from me right now, I know that like, you mm-hmm. know, I can... I can not relax, but I can breathe a little lighter and take it a little easier. Mm-hmm. But Wei Li, they, I think they both push the pace up. Yes, yes. So true. this, this, you're right. This might be another co-main classic that overshadows the right. the main event. Right. It just, I wonder about Rose just because she's had similar to Whitaker, kind of a very like, a couple of major injuries, and she's psychologically had some setbacks. Like she, I think she was like the biggest. You know, the, she got the worst of the whole Conor McGregor melee when it came to the dolly. Like she, right, she, right. she was very traumatized by that. But she's shown a lot of mental fortitude in coming back, and you know, to see her back in this position is great. I just want to see because I don't know much. Like I've only seen Wei Li fight three times, so I want to see what she, if this fight goes to ground, how she handles herself. Because you know, when it comes to submissions, I don't think there's a female fighter that's more dangerous than Rose. Yeah, man, this one is going to be such a barn burner. I also like Trevor Whitman in her quarter. Yeah, he, he's someone that's always near face because remember he was in Gaethje's corners. He's yeah. just someone that's very aggressive. He's gonna be in Usman's corner too, isn't he? Oh wow, because okay. he's Usman's. I been think over that's there. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, like, Trevor Whitman, someone that's very aggressive. He's one of those coaches that just very on point, very in your face. So that should be pretty entertaining. Have you heard of his gloves? I've not. So he has. He was on Rogan, right? Yeah, yeah, but he has these gloves because eye pokes are getting. Like, a, like very, very... I mean, they've always been dangerous. Yeah. It seems like you're seeing them a lot more now. Mm-hmm. And these gloves is like... When you have UFC gloves, your hands are out like that, if you're watching this video. Mm-hmm. But with his gloves, they naturally bend your hand. So, like, your hand is like this. And then you could fist from there. But, like, your hand is closed. So, yeah, you can still poke in the eye. But it's... That little closing at the top makes it a little more unlikely. Mm-hmm. Do you think that could be the future? I would hope so, because there needs to be a solution. Like, what's the worst eye poke? I always think of Travis Brown, Matt Mitrion. I mean, Matt, the Matt. one we saw recently with Bilal was pretty bad. Ooh, yeah. Because that was like, fuck, yo, that got like deep. If this was his eye, that shit went like, uh. like in, and he yanked. Ah, uh, that was just crazy. But yeah, m- most notably of recent memory, it had to be that because the main mm-hmm. event got stopped, mm-hmm. and and also <clears throat> when you factor in, uh, Leon. Being on that layoff and then coming back, Bilal being on a four fight winning streak and mm-hmm. finally getting a main event spot. Yeah. I think a lot of people were disappointed by that. All right. Understandably so. Yeah. yeah. All right, main event time. Usman versus Masvidal. Baptism or no? No baptism. I am interested just the fact that full camp though, like that's a big deal because you never see Masvidal really fade in fights. Say what you want about Masvidal. Masvidal is someone that doesn't really get dominated. Hey, only the Wonder Boy fight, but he was more outclassed than that. But he's just someone he doesn't get tired, and I want to see how does he counter that consistent forward pressure from Usman because you know Usman, you know what he's gonna do. Yeah. He there's no secret with him. Yeah. yeah. Yo, do you feel like his star power has left a little bit Masvidal's? Um, him not fighting. Look, we'll keep the political stuff to the side, but like well, I think I was gonna bring that up. Yeah, do you, you think like to, yes, how absolutely has. he was? Yeah, it definitely was a bad look for him, and I just think he kind of he's another one of those guys. Like I think his star power started to diminish the night Connor beat Cerrone because I thought Mazdal did not look good there because the ro- look whatever the robe look was silly, but well, like when Connor was calling him out, like Mazdal, like he just looked like one of those like 
please pick me. Like, he looked like one of those kids in gym class. Like, oh, is he going to say my name? Like, he didn't look like the same Mazel. Like, I don't care. Like, to me, Mazel, what made him so cool is just someone like, he was just very authentic. He was just someone that was like, yeah, bring him to me. If he wants to fight me, I'll baptize him or I'll take his soul or whatever. I just think when the Conor fight was coming around, he came off desperate. And that's not something you want to do. And I think thinking about it now, he's kind of just like. Because one thing you see about Nate Diaz, Nate Diaz was never desperate. Nate's the man, bro. Nate just said, You want to fight me? Book it, fine. But like when Nate and Connor fought, like Nate wasn't dressing up. He wasn't going to shows, hey, call me out, do this, do that. Nate was just like, I'm here. When you want to fight, we'll fight. You know, Ma- Masvidal, he had that aura about him. But then when he started doing the robe, then. um, And look, yeah, obviously the politics didn't help, but. It's just I think people saw Mazdas as real rebels, real savage, and then it just started turning down fights. And then like I think people really wanted to see him in Covington. The fact mm. that it didn't happen was a huge letdown. Well, we opened up the podcast with that conversation of how like one seventy, yeah. like Mazdas and Covington should have been booked in like the fall, yeah. like November, December. That was the time. Like why, why wait and delay? And look, he ends up getting his title shot, which. I'm not opposed to him getting a title shot back because of he saved that card. He saved that card yeah. and also like, yo, look, he had six days notice. Yeah, that that is factored in. That's why we we were talking about it back in the summer. He had a built-in reason mm. if he lost, and it was valid. Like you can't hit on like yeah. the guy came and it in. It was a, it was a win-win situation. And look, also Usman mentioned that too. Mm-hmm. Like he's been running his mouth because he had he knew it was a it was a win-win for him. Right. Like it was only upside mm-hmm. from there. And if he lost, which he did. Yeah. People were gonna have this built-in excuse. Yeah. I, I like his popularity is diminished, but I still think he's a huge name, and like he's there's the man's still there. Like I, he did a sit down with Ariel, and like I think it was like one day he already had six figures in views. Like, yeah, people still want to see what he does. He still has a huge mass appeal, and it being in Florida is kind of cool. I don't think he's ever fallen in Florida before. Really? Yeah, in his whole career, he's someone that just likes. He's always said like he takes a lot of pride in fighting away. Like he loves going like to England to fight Darren Till, or I'll go to Vegas, or I'll go to uh, I don't know if he ever went to Brazil, but I remember him talking about how he takes a lot of pride in going to different places and being the opponent there. Okay, so yeah, I wonder has he fought in Florida? I know he hasn't fought in Miami, but obviously Miami, Florida. Let's see, let's Much see, different. let's see. Uh, he's fought in Orlando against oh. Pat Healy. Okay, he's fought. Okay, then he's fought in Florida, but like he's I know he hasn't fought in Miami. He fought in Miami for G Force fights. Okay, that's in 2010. Okay, yeah, but yeah, you're right. In the UFC, he hasn't fought in right. in in, in yeah, Miami. Yeah. If he's fighting Miami, it's in the backyard. That's about it. But yo, so man, I feel like no one's picking Mazadol in this fight. I think it's more. I think it's more of a case because of Usman. Mm. Like, say one about Usman, he might be dull, but the guy is. Like he's as complete as it gets. Like he is, a, he's tough to deal with because he's such. He's just like this dominant presence. Like when yeah. he puts that, when he puts that pressure on you, a lot of guys wilt. Well, I think that that ties into the MMA fan and the casual mm-hmm. because the casual wants knockouts. They want crazy like right. jumping T city guillotines <laughs> and shit on like Cub Swanson. Yeah. Whereas me, as a fan of MMA. I love his dominance. I love him walking people down. I love him looking in the fourth round like it's the first round and just his cardio is so yeah. elite. And he's he reminds me a lot of GSP. Yeah, he, he knows his strengths. He knows the game plan, and he's going to enforce it. He doesn't care. That's the best. When a fighter, you know his game plan, and he does it. Yeah. 
He and, don't bat, he don't he don't game plan for you. Yeah. He does his thing and you got to stop that. Exactly. That is a sign of greatness. That's why I think cuz if you remember like when he first came to UFC Dion Cormier was kind of iffy like fans were iffy on they didn't overly love Cormier. Then he became the biggest fan favorite cuz they just saw like wow this is real dominance like you know what he's going to do and he still does it. You have to admire that. I feel like I feel like a 50-45 might be more impressive to me than a first round knockout because I think when you win a five round fight, there's no question. I think you have to depends on like how it goes. I think you gotta see like what how, what the knockout was like. You know how the fifty forty five went. Like fifty forty five, there's no game around. That is impressive. But what I'm saying is like, I feel as if it was more impressive what Connor did against Nate and Connor Nate two than what he did against Aldo. See, I disagree. I th- I just think because. Of what Aldo did. I, to me, I got to look at the fight. That's why I said Because Aldo, just the magnitude of that and how dominant Aldo's been, that's why I put that over. Okay. Yeah. So I, 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 think it, yeah right. I think it just matters. You yeah. You, you, right. you got you to judge per fighter. Yeah. Right, right, right. But, okay. That's but, but there's no denying like 50-45 when that happens. Like, okay. Damn, you really just dominated this. Like, it wasn't all that competitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You... Yeah, you just leave no. There's no. no oh, doubt. He, he threw a lucky punch, yeah, kind of so, thing like that, yeah. where he just dominated you. Yeah, that's what it's impressive, with Usman, and that's why if it happens, like I really want to see Usman Covington too, because Covington was the one guy that really pushed him. Mm-hmm. And when you see really dominant champions get pushed, like that's what you want to see. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, question. We'll end with this: three title fights. Is there going to be one and new, two and new? Three and new, or how are you breaking this down? There will be zero and news. Oh, and still all three. Yes. Wow, interesting. Yeah. Hmm. <sighs> Chalky Allen picking the favorites. Hey, did great for March Madness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you won your March Madness, right? I, yeah, won Marcos pool. Nice. Baylor, baby. Yeah, if only Allen would have told us that back in January, maybe throw a nice little <laughs> hundy on that, put some Patreon money on Baylor winning. Uh, interesting. I think Rose is the most likely to win. Absolutely. And then, uh, you know, I'm cheating a little bit because the Vegas lines are also telling you that as well. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with two and new. Wait, so make a case for Masvidal. Like... Dude, I think I think the fact that he has a training camp and you can say that Mazadol has now seen him once and he knows what to expect. You could say the same about Usman, but I don't think Usman can say the same thing because he hasn't seen Mazadol in a full camp. Yeah, he's seen it like a diminished version. Diminished version. So I think that is very, like, first of all, I'm betting Mazadol because I think the line is too wide. Yeah. He's like a plus 350 underdog. That's, that's significant. Damn. I also think that his path to victory is via finish. I don't think he can go five rounds with Usman and, and win. Yeah. I think the longer the fight goes, it's one of those classic like MMA cliches, right? Mm-hmm. Like Masvidal early, Usman late. Right. That's how I think that fight's going to go. It's similar to Ngannou Stipe. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So I think Masvidal on a full camp, man, he's... And look, this is his last chance at it too. Right? Absolutely. He's going to yeah. be 37 at the end of the year. Yeah. He, and I don't think people understand like how dangerous of a striker is. Like he is not just not that he has legit power, but he throws kicks, he throws elbows. Like he, when he talks about violence, he is he exemplifies it. He throws crazy combinations. Like you saw in that Diaz fight. I was going to mention the Diaz target fight. practice. Like yeah, he, 
he was every sort of strike he hit the other like who knows like Usman shooting for double like Masal you see him throw head kicks yeah he floored Nate like so you yeah, know Masal is definitely a threat it's just I think it's more people picking Usman just how much of respect they have for Usman I also love ATT yeah that's the so yeah I think so for me you're the premier camp right now I'm going with two and new and one and still okay Valentina's gonna retain Damn, if Masal wins you can be talking and understand oh I'm gonna be. Instagram I want. I want. I want to see who else is picking. I'm gonna do some research. Like, if anyone's actually, I really think with the full camp and him sort of being disrespected by people, fans saying, "Oh, he shouldn't have deserved this rematch." Mm-hmm. I really think the full camp is significant. All right. So you have him and 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 what's the other one? I have Valentina retaining. Yeah. So and still, and then and I got Rose. two and new and Rose winning, and then Mazadol winning. Wow. I wonder if was there ever a three fight telecorp where all the champs retained? Damn, I should, I want to look that up. I gotta do that. Oh, yeah, we would have to look at that. I'm trying to think though. Well, you had when when I went. You, you've had a lot of two. That MSG card had three new ones with GSP, uh, Dillashaw Rose, and Dillashaw. And Ro- wow, that's right. Because that's the first one that comes to mind. When I think of three tile fights. Maybe it's New Yorker in me, but just I thought that was such an epic card. That was, yeah. I think that set the standard for three title fight cards. This was fun, man. I can't wait for this weekend. We'll probably end up watching it together, too. Don't you think? Hell yeah. Tradition. All right, dude. Where can they find you? Alan Sterk. It's at A-L-L-E-N-S-T-R-K. No hesitation this time. He's starting to learn a little bit. At Veterans Minimum is where you can find the show. At the Lamb Show is where you can find me. And we'll catch you guys next time. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.